Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast, the podcast where myself and a wide range of guests have a waffle about mental health, life's challenges and those pet hates that really get on our nerves. I'm your host Taylor James, so join me as I open up shop and have a waffle. Welcome to another episode of the Waffle Shop Podcast. Today I'm joined by Ryan Williams, the founder of Out of My Mind UK. Welcome to the Waffle Shop. Thank you for having me, Taylor. Super excited to be here. Um, I think I'm probably the first Welsh accent on your show, am I? I think you are, actually. So that's a, that's a good thing to represent. Um, obviously, before, but before, we came, before I came on the show, um, little disclaimer that if I do cut the show halfway through, it's because we're, the due date for my first baby is today, so... Uh, I might have to rush off if my wife goes into labour. <laughs> my first waffle shop baby. Yeah. <laughs> like free waffles for life, if that happens. <laughs> Not that I have any waffles to actually give out, by the way. <laughs> one of the reasons why I love the name of your show, The Waffle Shop. Um, you know, I, I hate to sort of talk about my family and uh, my wife so much, but it, it's something that I always do. Uh, when we first met, she used to say to me, oh, you're earning brownie points. 
Um, yeah. I used to say to it, all I'm imagining is brownies being brought to me. <laughs> um, so that, that that became a thing for us. Every date we went on, she would buy me a brownie. Um, so yeah, every, every time That's I hear the waffle shop, <laughs> <laughs> every time I hear the waffle shop, I'm like, I want to get me some waffles. <laughs> I, don't know, I feel really bad for some of like the American guests who like come on expecting it to be about food and. <laughs> Like drawn chicken with my waffles, and you're like, that was an awful American accent. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I'm, oh no, really, I'm sorry, this is not what the show's about. We're actually here to talk about something really serious. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry for the, sorry, sorry, America, but that's, that's how we roll. <laughs> um, I want to start kind of early on with you, if that's okay. Obviously, you're a mental health, you know, supporter, advocate you know, nurse, like, you know, you're a huge kind of push for this whole movement. I wanted to ask, how did that start for you? How did you kind of get into that line of work? Yeah, so I've sort of, I've grown up around um, mental health, I guess. Um, my dad works in mental health as a support worker. Um, so he used to sort of come home and sort of talk about his day, um, never about sort of the patients or leaking any confidentiality, yeah. but just a general overview of how his day went. And I was always so interested in it. Um, but what happened with me, and this is something that I've always lived by, um, things I think sort of crop up and they push you down a certain path. So all my life, as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a PE teacher. Um, okay. and I was playing rugby, I was playing to a good level. Um, and at 17, I had quite a bad injury. Three knee operations later, um, my my sort of, yeah, my rehab didn't go very well. Yeah. I couldn't play any sport. And actually, um, the the surgeon said, you will never play sport again. Um, and, but I still sort of pushed my luck. At 18, I went to study um, sport and PE in Uick uh, University, just like yeah. a, a sport university. Um, and my dad said, why don't you sort of start working uh, on the weekends in the hospital on the mental health units just to earn, I guess, your, your midweek beer money. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, um, I think I was one month into my degree um, and I, I started working shifts in the hospital, in, in a psychiatric hospital. Um, and from the first shift, I was like, this is the job for me. Um, wow. I dropped out of the university after like two months, <laughs> uh, <laughs> seven grand later, mind. Um, and yeah, it, literally since the age of 18, I've just really, really, really enjoyed my work. Um, and that's the biggest thing. That's amazing. Um, I think if you enjoy what you do, then, you know, it's, it doesn't really become work. It's, it's more of a life, you know. It's like and a passion, isn't it? hundred percent. Yeah. And yeah, I'm so grateful for the experiences that I've had. Uh, in work so yeah so a bit about me since I was 18 I've, I've, I've worked in mental health services um, I've worked on inpatient assessment units psychiatric intensive care uh, low secure forensic environments so um, they, they've got sort of criminal history or um, have committed crimes oh, wow. um, but their mental health has sort of either declined or they were mentally unwell when they committed those crimes yeah. so they're locked in those units instead of being in prison um, so I've worked there and right now um, I work in a GP surgery. So I set up mental health services uh, in the surgery. Anyone with any mental health problems um, has a half hour consultation with me um, at the GP surgery. So it's a really, really cool thing uh, at the moment. 
um it's been super busy because of this i was about to ask you have you you know with this whole situation that we're in have you seen an increase in mental health challenges yeah massive spike um you know i think the human experience generally for us there's a couple of differences but generally we all experience the same thing um you know and um what what research shows us in emergency situations the pandemic is an emergency situation yeah 90 percent of people will experience psychological distress so we know that 90 percent of people right now are experiencing psychological distress um so there's undoubtedly going to be a massive spike in, in mental yeah. health challenges you know um people are losing their livelihoods um you know it's it's they're disconnected from friends and family um, there's a lot of uncertainty around in terms of the rules, who do we trust, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the leadership in the country. There's just there's just so much going on. And, you know, um, that's undoubtedly going to d- drive a big increase in mental health um, issues amongst people. So, yeah, it's, it's really skyrocketed. Um, my surgery has, I think, around 18,000 patients. Wow. Um, and since the pandemic began, I've spent... I've spoken to 2,000 um, there or there around, uh, there or there about, sorry. Um, so, Is yeah. there a similar kind of theme throughout the, obviously I know obviously you can't talk about obviously individual patients and stuff like that. Is there like a, a re- kind of a bit of a trend with how people are feeling amongst the patients with yeah. everything going on? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, depression and anxiety is just is just really really gone through the roof and um, lots of suicidal thoughts yeah um, that's something that we're really seeing um you know some research came out in america that 25 percent of americans said that they felt suicidal throughout this pandemic you know that's a huge number of people um you know but yeah you know in any normal year I think especially if you think how big america is yeah. And you've got 25% of that, like you were talking like millions. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, I would say eight out of 10 of the patients that come through to me at the surgery um, have suicidal thoughts. Um, you know, as we said before, before I jumped on here, 800,000 people killed themselves last year. Um, you know, I think this year with everything that's going on, that number is going to increase yeah. here in the UK. Um, it's 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 still huge. I think it's it last year was 19 people a day in the UK. Um, wow. There and thereabouts. Um, you know, it's it's a huge number of people. Um, you know, when we look at sort of men, um, 12 men a day in the UK, 84 men a week. One every one every two hours kills themselves in the UK. It's um, quite a know. horrific figure, isn't it? Like even when you break it down, it's still yeah. horrific unbelievable and you know it's um this is one of the things that that i'm really sort of passionate about with mental health and trying to raise awareness through this pandemic because you know hopefully we'll get a a vaccine for covid soon yeah um you know and there is no vaccine for mental health um so we've got a, a, a huge responsibility for each other now more than ever um you know to reach out to to connect with people uh, to support one another yeah we've got a, now more than ever we've got a bigger responsibility to do that to help it's each quite other. worrying isn't it because i'm i'm pretty sure if you lined up 
the statistics from COVID deaths to suicide. I mean, I don't want to kind of speak this out into the universe at all, but like potentially they could be on par with each other, if not more, with everything yeah. that's going on. You know, so just over a million deaths worldwide with, with COVID. Um, obviously, you know, mental health problems, uh, you can't sort of spread and catch. Um, yeah. So, you know, there is that difference there. But when you start shutting down society um, and then people are losing their livelihoods, their mental health is going to spread. Yeah. Um, you know, and in that, in that sense, it, it can be seen to be contagious because you're doing the same thing. For well, it's a, a ripple effect, isn't it? Yeah. It, you know, any kind of, especially like you said, like your livelihood, your job, you know, your, you know anything, it, it's, a, it's a ripple effect. So as soon yeah. as one of those things have, is, is a hit, you know, your social life, you mentally, like it is all gonna, it is all gonna come into play, yeah. whether you can, um, whether you like it or not. And we're generally, we're social animals, you know, we, we need to be out socializing and connecting yeah. with others. Another thing that we really long for is routine um, and where people have been furloughed and sort of working from home and it's disruption in our routines. That's what's been one of the biggest yeah. things for us is, is that we just don't know what to do. And then, um, because our routine's out, because we're not socialising, because we're perhaps not working, um, our sleep is off. <coughs> and sleep for us is super, super, super important. Um, to be fair, sleep is a subject that I really want to touch upon with you because you've got some really good tips for this. Before we jump on to sleep, I wanted to kind of get your professional advice on how for anyone listening or anyone out there who knows someone who is struggling at the minute, how and what would you recommend to someone who is having those kind of thoughts or having those kind of feelings? Do you know that the first thing for me is, is don't make a permanent decision based on temporary feelings because we know, wow. and I know from, from personal experience and professional experience that things will always get better. You know, I've seen people in psychiatric intensive care at the, at the extreme ends, three to one arm's length, um, ligature suits because they're such a risk to themselves. Um, and I've seen those patients go on, improve, um, you know, recover and go on and live perfectly normal lives. Yeah. You know, so one thing that I've always seen in my professional life is things will always get better. And even myself personally, um, you know, for me, I was in a particularly dark place, perhaps sort of 2015, 2016. Um, and yeah, my, my sort of my job, I was in debt. Um, I, was, I just really, really wasn't in a good place. Yeah. Probably worse, <laughs> worse position to be in because professionally, I know what I should be doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know the symptoms and I'm sort of thinking, you know, I'm diagnosing myself. Um <laughs> And, just sat um, there talking to a mirror <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm really trying to sort of push myself through it um and it, and it was a re real big struggle but do you know in a, in the space of a few months a few short months um my life just absolutely changed and skyrocketed and since then it's just been going it's just up, yeah. up, up from there you know I I, I changed so for me I was having lots of trouble in work um, and I remember going to the GP and he was really, really concerned about me, wanted to refer me on to a psychiatrist. 
I was quite embarrassed myself, you know, and because the line of work I'm in, um, I yeah. didn't want to be seen because I knew that my colleagues would would be the ones know that, what was going on. Yeah, exactly. I, I probably know the psychiatrist that I would be would be seeing, and it was it was just really difficult. But I can't I remember coming home and thinking to myself, I, I feel so much better just letting it all out to the GP. That was the first step. Um, prescribed me some medication. I got home and I thought to myself, right, why am I feeling how I'm feeling? And I just wrote things down. Journaling is so important. Yeah. Um, so wrote, wrote things down and just said, right, so my work is is causing me stress at the moment. I was going through a lot of stuff. That was the main thing for me was work. As a result, financially, I was struggling and that was causing me stress. And everything else sort of followed from those, those two main things. Um, so I decided, that's it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my job. And I was actually, I was living in Swansea. And I, I, um, I accepted a job in Cardiff. So I was traveling an hour down the M4 corridor, yeah. um, hour there, hour back. My second week in my, in my job uh, was my wife's last week in, in, in the job. Um, we never actually worked together, but we sort of crossed paths. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, she sort of followed me on Instagram. Um, I added oh. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, <laughs> the modern and, day love story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know it really was? And um, and yeah, we went on our first date, and and for me it was just yeah, just we we just sort of clicked straight away. Yeah. Two, two months later, she'll argue that it was it was sooner than that, but uh, <laughs> two months later I moved in. Be careful because this is going. Like this is being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, two months later I moved in. Um, ten months later I proposed, and two years to the day of our first date, we got married. And obviously, we're two years two years Aww. on again now. Four years later, we're expecting a baby, and it's um, yeah, look, it, and that's that's the beauty of life when you go when you go. Well, I um, not to you know shadow on your story here at all, but. Um, I have just watched the Bake Off and had a pot noodle by myself. So, yeah, who, who's Listen, who's the real winner here? <laughs> look, your your time is to come, my friend. Honestly, and I, that, but that's, the, <laughs> that's the beauty of life is that when you go when you go to the depths that you've been, the, the yeah. lowest you can possibly go, you will always you will always remember. You will never forget how that feels. Oh, okay. definitely. It's it's the you know what it's as much as it is tough and it was tough at the time like I, I didn't see any kind of route out of it it is possibly the the best thing that's ever happened to me is hitting rock bottom because like I, I mean I, I say it quite a lot of the time but I wouldn't be sat here having these kind of conversations with people like yourself if I hadn't hit that point so yeah. as much as it was a very scary point of my life it was also the best thing that could ever have happened to me Hundred percent, and so I guess that's the main message to people: is that life can change for you dramatically in, in a clip of a finger, yeah. um, and you will never know that if you kill yourself. Yeah, you know. I think for me, and and the other sort of thing is, is something I really suggest to people to do is is to journal, because what happens? What I get my patients to do is, I want you to write down what does what does depressed Ryan look like. Yeah. What does the press Ryan do? So for me, I would hide myself away. 
I'd avoid social situations. Um, you know, I'd sort of close the curtains, yeah. um, perhaps oversleep, or my, my sleeping pattern was reversed. Um, so when I look at that's depressed Ryan, when I look at happy Ryan, I socialize, I've got a good routine, I'm in the gym, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm up and active and I get out and, and, and sort of get out into the world a bit more, you know. Um, and what's really important when you write down those two things, what, what does depressed Ryan look like? Rather than trying to chase the feeling of, I need to be happy, yeah. start doing the actions of happy Ryan. Yes. Because depressed people, we start doing depressing things. And that just reinforces our our sort of our depression. Yeah. And it just spirals. We we hide ourselves away when we know that's bad for us. We, you know, we oversleep and try to avoid things when we know that's not going to get us anywhere. So rather than trying to chase the feeling, chase the actions, start going to the gym, start socializing with people. And I promise you, the feeling will follow. Yeah, Taylor. Listen to you know, that. So so that's <laughs> you know that. But yeah, the, look, my advice for people to, to reach out, speak to somebody. It doesn't have to be a professional. It could be a friend, a family yeah. member. Something that I see at the surgery is when I say, do you have any friends or family you can, you can speak to? Um, they say, oh, well, you know, I don't really want to bother my sister with it. Or I really don't want to bother my brother with it. And I'll say to them, I can guarantee you they're going through exactly the same yeah. stuff. And it'll be a relief for them to know that somebody else is going through the same. And if they're not, lead by example. Yeah. Because what you do by opening up with your friends and family, you give them the opportunity to do the same if they're in your position. So opening up and speaking to people only has good outcomes. There's nothing bad about it. Um, so, you know, reaching out to somebody is really, really important. If you're, if you're really struggling, there's lots of, sort of help and advice out there with charities like sort of mind give us a shout um their their uh, uh, 24-hour helplines you know really really good charities out there that can help your gp hopefully will have a service like we have at our surgery if not gps are still you know <laughs> they're still very well educated yeah you know brilliantly experienced people who who can help um you know so it's it is sort of reaching out one thing I will say, um, I, I think you did ask me before coming on, what, what annoys you at the moment? Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> that, that was the question, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, apart from not being able to go um, and be a birthing partner with my wife at the moment. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're allowed in. Not until active birth. Um, so, and I mean, you know, women can sort of give birth over a sort of 24 hour to 30 yeah. hour. So I can't go in until it's active birth. And I think it's sort of 10 centimeters dilated or something. I don't really know the terms, but wow. yeah. So that's something that bugs me, but the, going back to the mental health thing, um, <laughs> something that really bugs me at the moment is, is we need to take a sort of level of responsibility with one another. What I see lots of at the surgery is, Friends and family members have even seen um, social media influencers give sort of bad advice when it comes yeah. to mental health. Um, one of those things is slating antidepressants, um, saying that they're 
Oh, don't go on them, they're addictive. Or don't go on them, they cause lots of these issues. Um, that they sort of change your brain chemistry long term. That just all of these different things that um, that they say about them. You know, what, one thing that I will say to people is make sure where you're getting your advice from that it they those people are accountable for their advice. Yeah. Because if I turned around and gave my patients bad advice or told them to do the wrong thing and they went and hurt themselves or somebody else, I'm accountable. Yeah. So I'm accountable for everything that I say. Sally down the road saying that antidepressants are bad for you, she's not accountable for your health. So try to get your advice from somebody who actually knows, you know, wholeheartedly. I don't understand. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna try and point point the finger here at all, but I didn't realise how bad taking medic medication for those kind of things actually was until I was taking them and I was more aware of it. I mean, from day one, I've, I've never been afraid to say, you know, I've taken, you know, like sertraline and, you know, and, you know, I'm still, I still to this day take like propanolol because yeah. to help with my anxiety. Yeah. How someone can sit there and say, you shouldn't be taking this because of the, you know, of the effect it can have this, this and this. Well, I'm sorry, you're not a doctor. Yeah. You don't have the qualifications to be saying these kind of things to me. And if I have a headache, nine times out of 10, you're going to take a paracetamol. There yeah. is a lot of side effects to things like codeine, paracetamol. You know, you can get, it's highly addictive, those kind of things. So unless you're sitting there with some kind of degree or some kind of, you know, medical professional background, I'm not listening to a word that you say and on the back of what you just said, obviously I'm not a medical professional at all, but believe me, there is no shame whatsoever for taking any kind of medication that will help you. It is there for you to point you and to help you on your, you know, on your journey, not Sally's down the road. Yeah. You you know, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the thing is, is that when we look at the basic things, people come in and they're depressed and they, they have, they're feeling really anxious, they're depressed, they're struggling. I will go out of my way not to prescribe medications, to try and give yeah. sort of life, lifestyle yeah. changes, um, you know, and, and different interventions to do because you're with you 24 hours a day. We don't want you to be on these medications long term. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we don't want them to be a lifetime medication for you. We, we, want, we want it to be short term to help you. And then whilst that help is there, try to make the changes in your life that's going to sort of prevent this from happening again. Because yeah. nine times out of 10, it's social circumstances that puts us Definitely. in a position. And everyone's depression and anxiety or everyone's mental health problem is individual and, and unique to them. So what exactly. one person won't help for somebody else, you know, and that's why with my line of work, there's so much sort of problem solving that goes on. You know, the, the assessment is is quite detailed to try and get a good snapshot of their life. So you can go, right, yeah. okay, this is off. Your work-life balance is off. You're not getting enough sleep. You're stressed with this, this, and this. Let me, you know, sort of direct you sort of socially where you can go to get help with those things. Yeah. But depressed people, people who have mental health problems, a lot of the time, us as men, we are sort of so typical of doing this. <laughs> Avoidance wow. and escapism escapism we, we don't like how we feel 
Um, we struggle to come to terms with how we're feeling, so we look for drink, drugs, or something gambling, something as a complete distraction. Even food. Yeah, exactly. And when you look at these things, okay, people when they're struggling with their mental health turn to really sugary foods because it gives us a boost. Um, it, it makes us feel good. Yeah. Diabetes is really dangerous. Um, you know, and that, that can be as a byproduct of doing that too much. Mm -hmm. People turn to alcohol. Alcohol is so bad for us. <laughs> you know, the sort of side effects of alcohol, long-term use of alcohol is bad. You know, yeah. so those same people who are saying, oh, the antidepressants are no good, nine times out of ten, reaching for the bottle or go into other drugs, which are way worse for them. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, it really makes my job harder because, um, <laughs> you know, I think if somebody's yeah, got a bad, <laughs> if somebody's got a bad sort of, um, you, you know, opinion to start off with, oh, I really don't want to go on these medications they're putting themselves to, you know, in the worst places because yeah. um, they really want to avoid it. So they come to me last because they think I'm just going to prescribe them meds. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I, I really try not to because I want to try and, you know, give interventions that, that can really make a change to your, to your life. Um, and small changes, they can make such a big difference with, with your mental health. Um, I'm so, so glad that we're having this conversation because I know for a fact there is going to be people listening with those kind of doubts about medication, about those kind of lifestyle changes. I mean, I'm not afraid to say like, well, I know for a fact when I'm struggling with my mental health, because I go down this real horrible road of not eating. Right. And like you, like you've just said, like it's, it's a big, this is how I know things aren't right for me. And I know for a fact, having this conversation and hearing it from like a professional, you know, this is when, the time is now to start making these changes if you're noticing any of the things you know that like you like you've just said you know now's the time to kind of you know take out your notebook write the things down like oh, i've noticed this you know what do i need to do to get back to where i need to be you know and it might save you a trip to the gp i mean there's no shame in going to the gp but you know there's so many tips and tools you know out there and those little changes that you can make that will will improve your medical and physical not medical mental and physical like health yeah 100 percent. and you know sticking with the sort of journaling part sorry i'm, I'm going off on a tangent here this no, is one mate, of the things this is, this is what it's for <laughs> um but it's it, sticking with the journaling what i'll say to people who are feeling anxious and perhaps suffering with panic attacks um if they don't know the sort of reason why they're experiencing those panic attacks Every time you sort of feel yourself having one or directly afterwards, the quickest thing to do is pull out your phone, go into the notes, date, time. What am I doing? What am I thinking? And be really honest with yourself. And hopefully we can come up with a pattern in over the sort of week period or two week yeah. period where we can go, okay, it was every time I was perhaps anticipating a tough day in work the next day, or it was every time I thought about COVID. Or it was every time I had to go into the shop, um, yeah. you know, I was preparing to go to Asda's and, and I was really scared about, you know, perhaps catching COVID. Um, just using those as examples, because what journaling will do in that fashion, it'll pinpoint a pattern yeah. and then we can really start doing work towards the cause. Rather yeah. than just giving general advice, we can really start targeting the cause of your panic attacks. 
Um, so you know, it's, for it's me, not a quick fix, is it? So it's it's a real opportunity as well to kind of look at what's triggering it, and also, you know, a month down the line, once you've completed, you know, with this journal, like, are there something really therapeutic and kind of humbling looking back at that journal to saying, "Wow, okay." I was really struggling, you know, a month ago, all these thoughts, I'm not feeling like that anymore. And, you know, it give yourself and like kind of celebrate those little wins of like, you know, look back and see how far you've come. 100%. You know, for me, gosh, probably only my wife knows this, but um, when I was going through stuff, I I put a a note on my phone um, with the hope that, you know, I wasn't suicidal. Not, yeah. You know, it, it sort of sounds that I was, but it wasn't something that I would never do because I'm, I was super loving and supporting family. Yeah. Um, you know, and at that time when I was struggling, when I didn't have my wife, um, you know, I still had my, my family, obviously, my rocks. Yeah. And, um, so I was never thinking sort of suicide, but I, I guess it was manifesting itself in a way of it turned my anxiety into, I feel as though I'm, I've got a brain tumour that I'm going to get hit by a car. Honestly, I I vividly remember that I genuinely thought that was my last night on the planet. Um, And I wrote a note, um, mainly to my parents and to my brother. Um, And now I've got that on my phone, which transfers with every new phone that I have. And I do look back at it sometimes and think, oh my gosh, this is where I was. Yeah. And now this is where I am in yourself. And good things, in fact, incredible things come from getting out of your comfort zone. Incredible things. Yeah. Believe me. <laughs> yeah. Look, honestly, I'm the worst person for it. <laughs> and, you know, the biggest thing for us is whether we're journaling, whether we're sort of thinking to thinking in our own minds, um, we would never talk to somebody else how we talk to ourselves. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, there's there's been times over the years where I've sort of looked in the mirror and been like, oh, God, you, you're so out of shape or, you know, or why have you done this? And the yeah. way I talk to myself, I would never dream of saying that to somebody else. Why do we say it to ourselves? And that's the thing that needs to change. The big, the biggest, most important relationship you have. Um, and I, I caught you on the on a, on a podcast recently talking about yourself. And, you know, I know you're incredibly <laughs> uh, close to um your sister and and you know sort of things have gone on with mum the most important relationship that you have in your life right now and everyone in this planet is the one with yourself yeah because if you don't love yourself and if you don't treat yourself with compassion and empathy and and you know you don't support yourself you're unable to do that for others the the relationship the be all and end all has to start with you have to lead by example um, because if you don't love yourself, you can't go on and love anyone else fully and, and fully. You know? So, wow. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's right. Oh, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to listen to this back every night before I go to sleep. Just was like, <laughs> you, you've heard this, but why aren't you doing it? And by the oh, end of it, really you're going to be sick of hearing about my wife by the end of it. <laughs> It's, it's exciting times for you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be. Well, obviously, if they, sh- if she can hold fire for a little while longer. <laughs> <but> we... <laughs> yeah, honestly, I can't wait. Do you know? Uh, only, only two times in my life have I ever held a baby. 
um, because I'm just petrified of, I think I'm going to break it. It's a bit late for that, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) But I'm so excited to just honestly just hold it. Um, I don't think I'll be able to put it down, mate, honestly. It's just, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. And there's one final thing that I want to talk to you about, and it's quite fitting considering I don't think, obviously, once your little girl arrives that you'll be getting very much of (laughs) but I want to talk to you about sleep it's something that I really struggle with it's you know as you can probably tell from the bags under my eyes um when I'm in that kind of frame of mind or I'm struggling with like you know my you know anxiety whatever the challenge might be I really struggle to get to sleep and I really struggle to unwind I've seen quite a few of your Instagram posts which is obviously incredible that I've, I've, I've saved a few just to kind of go back to and just give myself like some tips. What would you advise someone and even like the benefits of sleep? Yeah, look, sleep is, is so important. One thing that we know is it's kind of the sort of which came first, the chicken or the egg. Um, so we know that poor sleep. Oh God, I thought you were asking me that. I was like, I don't, I don't know. Um, sweat. <laughs> we, we know that we know that poor sleep um can can bring on mental health problems yeah um so we know that poor sleep can cause mental health problems um and sometimes we don't sleep because of our mental health and, and yeah. where it's at so it's which came first but we know that sleep is super important for us um it's important for our emotional recovery helps us problem solve um gives us a level of resilience when we get good good sleep we know that bad night's sleep in mental health, um, mental health problems usually start with poor sleep and it's the, it's the first thing to go and the last thing yeah. to get better. Um, so I really do my research with sleep because I know all of my patients are going to have sleep disturbances. Nine out of 10 people with anxiety and depression have sleep disturbances. I think the most important thing to do is our daytime routines are just as important as our nighttime when it comes to sleep. Because what we do when we're struggling, so if you're experiencing stress at the moment and you're you're feeling anxious, your brain is going to go through the same cycle at night as it does through the day. Um, You know, generally we find the people, myself included, when I'm struggling with things, I do I perhaps procrastinate or I avoid or yeah. do things as a form of escapism. So I keep myself distracted through the day. Perhaps I'll exercise and I'll, um, you know, watch TV, try to take my mind off things. And then when it comes to nighttime where everything's off, that's when your thoughts start going round and round and round in your head. Um, and that's usually one of the main reasons why people can't sleep. So what I will say is just trying to get into a good daytime routine of managing your stress and managing your anxiety. Yeah. And then just having a really good wind down um, sort of routine, starting around two two hours before you go to bed. I was good. This is one of the questions that I was actually going to ask. Like for you, who you know, you've you've got something obviously incredible advice. What is the perfect time to go to bed? Is there a perfect time to go to bed? No, I don't think it's, I don't think, because we're all different. So some people can survive off as little as sort of four hours sleep, four yeah. or five hours sleep. <clears throat> Other people can, you know, we really need our eight hours. Seven hours is, is a round average uh, yeah. for, for people. Um, so yeah, we're all different. And the reason why it's different for us all is because we all have 
different sleep first, I guess, if you, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, we all have sort of, you know, perhaps some are more sort of physically active. And Sorry, physically did you just tired. say sleep first? Yeah, yeah. Is that a so, thing? Because so, like the first thing that popped into my head was like, Joe, I'm absolutely gasping for a nap. <laughs> so, so, so I call it sleep first, but it's, you know, sleep need. Um, yeah. So through this no, I like that. I love it. People have been struggling through this pandemic because they we're not getting out and about. We're not socialising with others. We're not at the office working. Yeah. Um, and we're sort of all just doing perhaps mind-numbingly boring stuff in the house, yeah. keeping ourselves isolated. And therefore, we're not physically exerting ourselves and we're not mentally exerting ourselves. And our sleep thirst isn't there. We don't feel tired because we haven't done anything through the day. So, you know, that's that's something that's really important is, is the sleep thirst. So that's why we're all different in terms of what time to go to bed. But what I will say is keeping the time you go to bed and the time you wake up, trying to get that so consistent seven days a week. That's really important because there's something called our circadian rhythm. That's our internal body clock. Um, and that likes routine. It needs routine. Look, good luck with with sort of, you know, and shoot. I feel quite, um, I feel quite sort of starstruck um, following on from Janine Butcher. Or the, the I know. Young. I don't because <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm still <laughs> in a state of shock. Like, I, yeah, I'm. I don't know how I managed that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you haven't. um, Didn't she push Barry off a cliff in the Welsh Valleys? She did, yeah, she did. I'm not sure if it was the Welsh Valleys. Um, It might have been, but yeah, I was definitely watching her. Find out. I grew up. I grew up on sort of EastEnders. I still watch Emmerdale. That's one of. That's an exclusive right now. Not many people know this. Still watch Emmerdale. Um, <laughs> Not a fan of Emmerdale. EastEnders all the way for me. <laughs> oh, I, I, had to, I had to sort of drop one off because, um, it, you know, it was getting too much. I couldn't have EastEnders. <laughs> it clashed with my kiwi eating time. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had to get rid of one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> In all honesty, one of my sort of passions, one, of, one thing I honestly wish I could do is become a soap actor. So Emmerdale, pick up the phone. I'm sure I could be a mental health Janine, Janine, it's me again. <laughs> I know you haven't returned my other 30 calls. However, <laughs> if you're looking for a Welsh actor, because there's no one Welsh in Emmerdale right now. So <laughs> we need to be more diverse. I was about to think about it. I, have, I, have, I don't think I've actually ever watched Emmerdale. So <laughs> I was like, no, there isn't. No, there isn't. I'll That's take the word secret. For that. That's the secret to a better mental health. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. You take care of yourself, mate. And you, Val. All the best. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You've been listening to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and even leave a review. It means the world to me. See you soon.